You may be seated. Thank you. You may be seated. You guys are just glad you don't have midterms this hour. You're just glad you don't have midterms this hour. Come on now. Uh, I am very privileged. Listen, I am very privileged to have my dad here this morning. He's back on the backside there. Could we give him a hand this morning? Very thankful. I, I think sometimes we fail. We fail to remember those who've helped us growing up. And I think often, uh, I'm very thankful for my father. I'm thankful for many opportunities. Now we have the privilege of having him in our home. Makes me a little nervous sometimes when I hear his voice. It's almost like I hear, want to hear him say, Jeremy, go to your room. And sometimes I say, Dad, time to go to your room. So we go back and forth. This is, this is a good thing. Um, but I love my dad. Um, my, daughter, my daughter's also here helping him this morning. Thank you, Katie, for your help. Too bad Connor's not here. She wanted to bring Connor and I said, no, don't bring Connor. I said, I need your help with Grandpa today. So that means you'll have to come another chapel for with Connor. And so uh, I'm very thankful for my daughter. Um, one day my daughter sent me a text, and she said, some people don't believe in heroes, but they haven't met my dad. And I feel that, about, that way about my father this, this, uh, this morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my, my mom and dad were married 47 years before we, she went home to be with Jesus. And... Uh, I, I look at my dad many times, and um, for five years, she was bedridden. For many years, since I was probably nine or ten years old, she had different ailments, different diseases. For the last three years of her life, my dad drove an hour to see her all day long, spent 12 to 14 hours to drive the hour back to the same thing again over a thousand days. I said, Dad, you need to take a day off, and he said, no. He said, he said that she didn't take days off when she was at home. I'm not taking a days off now that she's here. Thank the Lord for my father. I don't, I don't know why, but it's not the message this morning. And if, I, if tears begin to fall, it's because my allergies this season just really bothering me. And so pray, if I get Allegra, Zyrtec, Claritin, uh, that would be great. You guys are still awake? This is good. And normally I'm behind you, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for not throwing chairs, song books, and everything else back there, guys. Thanks for your help. I thank the Lord for my father in that when I was four years old, I was surrendered. I, when I was four years old, my grandfather was rushed to the hospital one evening, and I didn't know what to do. I went to my dad, and I said, hey, dad, I said, is grandpa going to die? And he said, I don't know if grandpa's going to die or not. And I said, dad, if he does die, where is he going to go? My dad said, he's going to heaven. I said, dad, can I go to heaven? And I'm very thankful that I didn't have to wait for that Sunday morning or that Sunday night or that Wednesday night. My dad said, let's go in, the, let's go in our room, and I'll explain to you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. He showed me 42 years ago how to get saved. He showed me how to live the Christian life. My dad worked for IBM for 22 years. That time there were 35, there were 5,000 people, I believe, working at Research Triangle Park in his area. And my dad said tomorrow 3,500 people will get laid off. Uh, basically, at least two out of every three, sometimes three out of every four people will get laid off. 
And I remember my dad walking in. He said, if I come home early tomorrow, he said, I'm not going to cry a tear. He said, because it's just a job, which was interesting to me because he never missed work. He never called in sick. He never called in. He never showed up late. He was there. He's a lot of the character that I have today is because of my dad and obviously the Lord Jesus Christ. But I remember him coming home from work early that day. And I said, dad, you're not working anymore. He said, no. He said, and as I said, I'm not going to cry a tear. He probably did some other time, some other, but in front of us, he didn't. And I said, when are you going to start looking for a job? He said, I'm just going to start looking for a job today. And I thank the Lord for a hardworking, diligent, loving, caring, uh, patient father who we get to, we get to see this morning and uh, who's at church for the first time in two years recently. And I'm glad we get to, we get to be a part of it. I'm going to give you a few illustrations and uh, uh, in the message in regards to my dad, those are more funny. I did write this poem. I'm not one to read many poems, but I'm also not one to have my dad in chapel every day. And so uh, the, uh, the last 18 years, this is the first day he's been in chapel since I've worked here. And I think they came to chapel once or twice when I was a student here. I'm just going to read this. I wrote this three years ago, and I brought it this morning. Dad, you're the one who provided for me, who loved God's son Jesus, and brought to our home unity. When we were just tots as tall as your knee, by the way, I haven't gone too far than that. I mentioned a couple times this morning, no. Um, you taught us God's word as true as can be. And no matter if on Sunday or Wednesday or more, when the church was open, we came in the door. The day I came home with decision in mind to take God's word to those who were blind, your encouragement meant all the world to me, even when others God's will could not see. No work was too big or too small, as you seemed to just do it all. Carpooling was fine with Connie in view, but his coffee stank like we were at the zoo. How many of you don't drink coffee and you think coffee stinks? Now I drink it every day and I can stop at any point, but I haven't yet. I'll never forget when the day in 94 came, IBM said goodbye and your tongue you did tame. I remember your words to us on that day that God would provide in another way. So Iowa would be our home in the north. Can I get some shout out for Iowa right there? All right. Thank five of you. Okay, let me continue here. And again, and again, hard work you and mom would put forth. Christian school was sometimes pricey, you see, but you and mom made God's will a priority. You allowed me to see God's son through your life, even on days when there seemed to be strife. So again, you would go to your knees in prayer and let us know that you and mom were still there. As the call to the mission field came, you did not look for who to blame. Thank you for trusting in God's call. Each soul that was saved was worth it all. As God brought us from Mexico to Peru, to God, you and mom stayed true. And then we led us back to Indiana. I'm crying because I'm in Indiana right now. And then when he led us to Indiana once more, your helping us was never a chore. So thank you for staying close to the Lord and helping us more than you really could afford. God's love could be seen through a spirit-filled dad, and now all those around you, us, really are glad. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to turn in this morning. I could spend the entire chapel talking about my dad. He's worthy of that, but the Lord led me in a different direction, although uh, I'll give you a few illustrations this morning from uh, that and some I'm sure he'll be glad that I given some at least I did a poem at first right second chronicles chapter 14 this morning second chronicles chapter 14 would you go there with me verse number 11 second chronicles chapter 14 thank you brother Mitchell for allowing me to be here I appreciate that thank you of course pastor pray for him he's in Pasco probably speaking this morning and should you pray for him while he speaks while he's out of town thank you brother Bushy and Thrilled that I get to work with FBMI and here at the college. I saw Brother Joe Palmer back there somewhere, and 
I thank the Lord for these men. Thank you, Brother Rob, Brother Anthony Collins, and others that are here this morning. Some messages are for when you're pastoring, and someone will come and say, well, you're going to need this one day. Some messages are for when you get to the mission field, and you're going to say, well, if God leads me to the mission field, or I get to go visit a missionary, then I'll use it at that day, on that day. Some, mission, some messages are for when you're planning that youth meeting, or maybe a Valentine's banquet. Some are for when you're with your family and trying to talk about how to be a good son or brother or father or mother or aunt or uncle. I'm thankful for those messages, but the message that I'm going to give to you today with the Lord's help speaking through me is a message you can use right after chapel today. How many of you need those type of messages sometime? Many times you go to class and you got a smile on your face or maybe you don't have a smile on your face because it's midterm week, all right? You have a smile when you walk out of class and... I happen to do that to students, and I apologize about that. Second Chronicles chapter 14, though, would you look there with me? Would you stand one time? We'll just read one verse here. We've been sitting for a little bit. Would you stand? We'll just read the first verse uh, there, the only verse there. Second Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11 that I'll read is this one. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. And then would you read the next four words? Help us, O Lord. One more time. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. Father, speak through me. Uh, Help me to make the best use of this time. Help me not to say anything that I shouldn't say. Help me to say only what I should say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can read the passage there. You can be seated. You can read the passage there, and of course, Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. And again, we need more uh, government leaders like that that would do right in the sight of the Lord. We need more pastors that will do that, missionaries that will do that, young people that will do that, teenagers that will do that, uh, youth pastors that will do that, teachers that will do that. But it says here in verse number 11, And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. I've been there before. But then it says, help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. I'm going to just entitle the message this this morning, Lord, help. Lord, help. Or maybe we could use the term help, Lord. Father, again, I'd ask that you'd speak through me. Use me in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage here, my dad many years ago said, Jeremy, the best Prayer you can pray when you don't know what to pray is, help, Lord. When I wake up in the morning before I do anything else, you know what I pray? Help, Lord. When I was on dates in college, and sometimes she was praying it too, help, Lord. When I was in midterm week, I, was, I would pray, help, Lord. When I was at work, I would say, help, Lord. When I was in chapel trying to stay awake, so we had some funny stories. When I, was, I remember one guy in chapel, uh, he must have been tired because he began to drool on his Bible. And the, the spot just got bigger. You said you should have woke up. I know we should have. We didn't. We were, we were staying awake watching him, okay? It would kind of go down and then back up and go down and back up and just a big puddle It was until he hit his, hit his head on the pew. And then we were like just looking right up there like, no, I didn't see you. And uh, you're looking at his Bible. And those were not tear-stained Bible. That wasn't, that wasn't what that was, all right? December 31st, I got a phone call that I had been praying to receive for many years, especially at least the last two or three years. 
And I won't go into the details. It's a little bit uh, personal to go into all the details. I won't go into it, but for lack of a, for lack of, or for, for at least explaining the story, I was asked by not my family, but extended family, my, uh, that uh, they were ready for me to pick up my dad. 31st, we already had our night planned. It was New Year's Eve. How many of you enjoy New Year's Eve? We love family. We have a lot of time with family. And, and he just, uh, the person that was going to have my dad said, would you be willing to drive to Nashville tomorrow? And I said, tomorrow's January 1st. Like, we've got plenty to do. And he said, would you be willing to drive to Nashville? I said, sure. So I drove down to Nashville on January 1st. It's a good way to start the year. So I drove down the, picked up my dad, and I did not realize how, at the time, how immobile he was. Got him from one vehicle to the other vehicle, and, and I said, "Do you have? What do you have for me?" And he gave me a little carry-on with less clothes than would would be used in two or three days. My dad was staying with us indefinitely, so a little bit of a challenge. And I said, "Where's his walker? Where's his wheelchair?" And the person that dropped him off said, "I didn't think you would need that. I didn't think you'd have room for that." And I tried to contain my testimony and. So I got dad in the vehicle. I remember the first stop when we got out of the vehicle. I remember my dad standing there. I said, Dad, we're going to go inside. He said, you're going to have to help me. And I said, how, how can I help you? He said, just kind of put your hands behind my hip. And I did. And that didn't do much. We were both standing there looking like we were doing a Congo line. Just a little awkward right there, okay? Uh, yeah, thank you. Not good. That's I was thinking the same thing. And I stood there. I said, Dad, we got to get you inside. We got to, we got to. Like, we got to get back to Indiana. And he said, well, you're going to have to help me. And I remember as I did all, only what I could do, I just grabbed both hands and we would walk in. And thank the Lord, God, I think sent us what I'll call this morning angels who would open the door and would help us. And we, don't ride with me, we made a six-hour trip in about ten and a half hours and got back around 11.30 on January 1st. And I remember stopping multiple times. I think we stopped probably 20 times on that trip to get from... Nashville to Indiana, and I don't know how many times, I don't know how many hundreds of times I said that day, help, Lord, help, help. My dad, there are some funny stories. We, he woke me up at 3 o'clock one morning, and Jeremy had to stop by the restroom, and I was like, okay, you know, God bless you, and, and uh, oh, you need my help, okay. And so I was walking to the restroom, and, and I just broke my toe over the Christmas break. I I won't say who did it, but his name is uh, Andrew, and he's my son. Um, but I won't tell you his name. So he dropped his, it just happened that he dropped his phone right perfectly where it just landed right on my toe, and I thought, that hurts a little bit. And then we walked around Costco for like two hours, and I came back home and take off, took off my shoe, and, and uh, then I saw a purple toe. That was, it, was, it was beautiful, and um, beautiful feet, those that spread the gospel, right? Come on now. It didn't look beautiful that day. <laughs> So I was getting my dad to go to head to the restroom around three o'clock in the morning, and he he stepped on my toe. Okay, on that one. It, I mean, I had another nine. Everybody still with me? Like there were other options. Okay, Dad, there's other options, please. And not division nine. Stop. Okay, and but he went stepped on my toe, and I it just came, I grimaced a little bit, and he stepped on it a second time. <laughs> hmm. The third time he stepped on it, I said, ah, dad. He said, 
what's wrong with you? And, uh, and I, was like, I was like, Dad, you just stepped on my toe three times, the one that was broken. And he looked at me, 3 o'clock in the morning, he looked at me, he says, you need to get better, not bitter. And I was like, why? Like, come on, Dad. Like, what are you doing, Dad? I don't know where I got my personality from, but I came back from church recently, and he was not feeling well, so he was at the house. And so I came in the door, and I could smell. How many of you ever smell popcorn? You're, like, looking forward to having the popcorn, okay? And I came in, and I smelled popcorn, and my dad was like, hey, just want to let you know we made popcorn. And he, then he looks at me and says, <laughs> but we ate it all. And I'm like, come on, Dad, you're helping. That's where I began saying, help, Lord. Come on now. One morning, it was 6 o'clock in the morning. This is within the last week. Thanks, thanks again to Andrew. If you know Andrew, you have to text him and just tell him what a great grandson he is. But... Um, we're laying in bed. I'm trying to get out of bed and trying to get ready for the day. My wife and I were talking, and around that time, I hear a walker upstairs, and I know it's grand. I know it's my dad, and I'm like, "How is he going around? Like nobody's up there right now. Like, like how is he?" And I, I go upstairs, and the fridge doors are both open, and a walker right there. And I said, "Dad, what are you doing? Like this is not midnight. This is not the time for the midnight snack. You know what are you doing, Dad?" And he's, his blood sugar was low. He's got diabetes and so forth, and so I found out that my son had had helped him get out of the hospital bed, just kind of put the bars down, and just in case my dad needed to get out. Just some funny stories that we're dealing with right now. I remember as we went, moved into our house about four years ago, how many of you are John and Jay Allen? Those are some phenomenal workers. And I just needed to be a little bit more better. I was not a good communicator on this particular day. We were moving the fridge into our house. I think I've given the illustration before. We were moving our fridge into our house, and and when you go into our house, it's bi-level. So you either go up the stairs or down the stairs, but there's a banister right there. And the banister doesn't move very easily. Can I get a witness right there? Okay, it's just there. It's a piece of wood that's not going to move, all right? And so John and Jay Allen are on one side. I'm on the other side. They're phenomenal workers. I was so glad to have them that day. And I just made the statement, when I say push, push. But all they heard was push. And so they pushed me right into the banister. And it was kind of like one of those snap, crackle, pop type scenarios and it wasn't cereal that day, okay? And I was like, don't push, don't push, please don't, don't push. And I'm just kind of up there, like right there. It was really awkward and, and painful, okay? And I remember grabbing the fridge, and I remember trying to get up the stairs, and then whatever happened to my spinal cord back, vertebra, whatever's back there, um, at some point my body just said, I'm done, and so I couldn't lift anything, and I was like, help, help help, help. And they're both down there like, what would you need help with? The fridge, the fridge, what we're dealing with right now. Come on, guys. And we had a great conversation and they're still my friends, all right? But have you ever been to the place, listen carefully, you ever been to the place where you're out of, you're out of strength? You ever been to the place where you're out of power? You ever been to the place where you can't do it? It was many years ago now that I was working in the house and all I heard was, daddy, help daddy. And I thought, man, that sounds really loud, but it also sounds muted. And I'm like, where's that from, coming from? And so it must not be in the house. So I walked outside and you know how there's some vehicles that you may have a vehicle like that, that the van has the button you can push to open the door and to shut the door. And they, there's no sign saying you should move your fingers, move your hand. Like when it shuts, like there's nothing there. And so apparently he had been pushing it, it opened, pushing it, shut it, pushing it, open it, <laughs> and it shut right on his finger. Like it was completely shut. And he's like, daddy, help. You ever been there before in life? Hopefully not there. Some of you, yeah, I did that too. Like, come on, really? Second Chronicles chapter 20, would you turn over there with me? Second Chronicles chapter 20 this morning. <clears throat> 
2 Chronicles chapter 20. Verses 3 and 4 says this, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, look at verses 3 and 4. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to do what? Seek the Lord and proclaim, proclaim to fast throughout all, Jude, all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask what? Help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, I'll read through these. I'll have you turn to a few of these, but I'll read through some of these. Chapter 32, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse number 8 says, With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us, to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Would you turn over to Psalm with me? Let's, let's go through several of the Psalms this morning. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know why God put this message in my mind and my heart. I went other directions. I thought of other areas and thought of other topics and thought of, but God said, this is what is needed for today. So I don't know who needs it, but I need the help of God. Do you need the help of God today or can you do it by yourself? It's a very proud statement when we do, you say, I need the help of God. It was shown by our prayer time this morning. It was shown by my prayer time this week. It was shown by my asking of the Lord, help, help of the Lord. Lord, would you help me? Lord, help. Psalm 12 and verse number one is a psalm of David. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fell among the children of men. Psalm 22, verse number 19. Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse number 19 says this, Be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength, haste to... Help me. You ever said, God, would you hurry up? God, would you? How many of you on occasion, you need God's help and you need it now? I need God's help today. Do you need God's help today? You know, the days that don't go very well for me, the days that I don't ask for his help, I think I've got it covered. See, December 31st, I, everything was fine. Christmas went well. We had a great time looking forward to the new year, looking forward to all that. But I did not know, number one, God would bless us with my dad coming. But you know what I found out in the last 50 days? I need the help of God. You need the help of God. We need the help of God. Our college needs the help of God. Our church needs the help of God. Every college student, every staff member, every faculty member, we need the help of God this morning. Psalm 33, verse number 20 says, Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 38, verse 22. Psalm 38, verse 22. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Psalm 40, verse 13, be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 70, 30 chapters away or 30 psalms away. Psalm 70, verse number one. Again, a psalm of David to bring remembrance. It says, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. I think somebody said the first part, help me. I don't think they were looking there. Look at verse number five. It says, but I am poor and needy. That's like the college students' verse, isn't it? Come on now. You ever been there before? Okay. Every day. Come on now. Make haste unto me, O, my, o God, thou art my help and my deliverer. O Lord, make, make no tarrying. Psalm 109, would you turn over there with me? Psalm 109, verse number 26. We look at the psalmist and many of these written by David under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But he says, I need God's help. If the man after God's own heart needed God's help, you and I need God's help this morning. Psalm 109 verse 26, help me, O Lord, my God. Oh, save me according to thy mercy. Psalm 115, 
couple of pages over. Psalm 115, verses 9 through 11. Verse 9 says it, verse 10 says it, verse 11 says it. O Lord, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Look at Psalm 121, a couple pages over. Psalm 121, look at verse number two. Psalm 121, look at verse number two. Psalm 121, verse two says, My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Psalm 124, verse eight, Our help is in the name of our Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 146, verse number five. Several pages over, Psalm 146, verse number five. Psalm 146, verse five says, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God. Turn over to Matthew. Matthew 15, please. Matthew 15. Matthew 15, please. When was the last time you asked God for help? When was the last time you said, God, I need your help on my test. God, I need your help in dating. God, I need your help at work. God, I need your help in my ministry. Can we do ministry all by ourselves or do we need his help? If you're going to help at the camp, you know what you need? You need the help of God. If, you need, if you're going to pass your midterms, you need the help of God. And you also need to study. Okay, both things are important. Matthew 15, just trying to help you out here. Matthew 15, verse number 21, it says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her, how? Not a word. Listen very carefully. I'll continue with the passage here. You ever been to the place where you prayed for something and prayed for something and prayed for something and prayed for something and you heard not a word? And this is what we say sometimes. That's fine. I gave you a chance, God. Now I'm going to give sin a chance. You ever been there before? Holy Spirit dealing with anybody this morning? Maybe you ought to put that sin away and get back to the Lord. But many times I, I think we go to the Lord and we just expect that he's kind of like a genie, kind of like a Santa Claus, and we just ask God for something, he's just going to give it to us. Most of us say God didn't answer that prayer. What we mean is God said no and we didn't like it. Many times I've prayed for things and God, God, help me with this. God, help me with that. God, this is a prayer request. This is a situation. That, I thought about Chris Yetcher this morning. I was texting him back and forth to pray for them, uh, but they just found a place to live and they had just found a place also for their church building. You know what he's been asking for the last several months? Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Do pray for them. I think he messed up his neck in the move a little bit and the son, uh, William, sprained his ankle in the move. And so uh, they made the move, albeit with, with some... Uh, some situations they're dealing with today, but he needs the help. Let's continue reading the passage here. He answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. Doesn't that sound like us? Somebody comes to God for help, and we say, I don't have time for you right now. Sunday was a very unique day for me. I was, everything was fine. Our Sunday class was, was full to overflowing, I think partly because of the food we have Sunday mornings. Okay, can I get a witness? All right. But we had probably 40 in our class on Sunday, and you know what I found out after class? People came to class, but people were hurting. Before I could get done with the invitation, I was told by one of the, one of the families, hey, mom needs to talk with you. Mom needs to tell you what's going on. She, I sat down, and for 10 minutes, she told me that all the problems they were dealing with. I went up to the nursery, and someone else from the class stopped me and said, I really need help. This is the situation I'm going through. 
I went to, I was going to go see Connor. I wasn't going to go see everybody else. Can I get a witness right there? Because I was going to see my grandson, all right? Third person walked up to me and said, this is the situation we're dealing with right now. And you know what all of them said? I need God's help. I need God's help. I need, you know, people in your bus shop, they come and they smile and they go to City Baptist sometimes. Some people, some people even this week started with City Baptist. You know what they need? They need the help of God. But he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost, uh, the house, sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, what's the next two words? Help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But he answered, it only says it one time in the scriptures. I'm just doing it for emphasis. Somebody, my Bible only says it one time. But he answered and said, it is not me to, to take the children's bed and to cast it at dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs are the, eat the, of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You know why? Because she said, Lord, help. Lord, help. Lord, help. Are you crying out, Lord, help? Are you crying that out? Look with me at a couple of other passages. Look over a couple pages to Matthew 19. Matthew 19, verse 26. Matthew 19, verse 26. Matthew 19, verse 26 says this, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. With God all things are possible. There's a, maybe you're dealing with a situation. Maybe you're dealing with the loss of a loved one. Maybe you're dealing, I know several colleges with grandparents and uncles and aunts and, and people that have passed away recently. You know what you need? You need the help of God. You need the comforter. You need the Holy Spirit, and he will help you. By the way, if you're here at our college, we want to help you. With God's help, we want to help you. We want to minister to you. But ultimately, we need the Lord's help. Mark 10, 27 says the same thing. And Jesus looking upon them said, saith, with men that is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Luke chapter one and verse 37 says the same thing. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now I think there's several examples of those in scripture who maybe they didn't say it with the same words, but I think they were saying, help Lord. Could you imagine Adam and Eve? You know, we, we look at, man, I can't believe they did that. Yet we do much more sinful things than Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve, they, well, listen very carefully, it would have been something they just ate of the fruit they weren't supposed to eat of. How many of you ever eat fruit that I'm showing? Okay. But Adam and Eve, as they left the garden, you know what? I, I can't imagine as they walked away from the garden, I, I think I can see them looking back saying, help, Lord. They were literally kicked out of their home. Help, Lord. Maybe they were thinking that. Maybe they were asking that. I think about Noah when he was building the ark, probably some mockery, probably some challenging times. Uh, probably uh, when he was in the ark, probably with his own children and, and daughters-in-law, he probably said, help, Lord. Could you imagine Joseph? He was going to be remembered. They were going to tell that he was going to get out of jail. And I'm sure many times he probably said, help, Lord. I think about David when he was running towards Goliath. Could you imagine with a slingshot in hand running towards Goliath? I think he did it because he said, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm not turning around. And by the way, all of us need to make that decision. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Though no one joined me, still I will follow the cross before me, the world behind me. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. When Samson had his eyes plugged out and he was grinding, you know what he said? Probably the last time, maybe, maybe not the exact words, but I think he said, Lord, just one more time. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. When, would you, when have you gotten so desperate that you, didn't, you couldn't stay in your chapel seat? You had to come forward. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. When was the last time that's, that's been you or me? 
We weren't worried about whether someone saw us on our knees. We weren't worried about the tears that came down our eyes. We weren't worried about anything. We needed the help of God. We so desperately needed his power. We so desperately needed his wisdom. We so desperately needed his help. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. I can imagine Job. I can't imagine. I've been to a lot of funerals. Could you imagine losing 10 children? All of his wealth. I'm sure he probably said, help, Lord. Help, Lord. The widow with the two mites. A lot gets mentioned there, but how would you have liked to have been the person that only had two mites and you gave it? You know what I think she said? I probably after she put the two mites in, help, Lord. Help, Lord. When you give your tithe, do you ever say, help, Lord? Do you ever give your faith promise? Do you ever say, help, Lord? Ever give your captain's fee? Help, Lord. Ever saw your bus workers? Help, Lord. Let me move on here. Imagine Peter as he walked on water. Everybody else can give him a hard time, but he's the only one that was out there. Help, Lord. Paul, as he went to Athens, who was, he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. You know what he said? Help, Lord. And again, maybe not the exact words, but I think in their hearts they were saying, Help, Lord, I need your help. Stephen, as he was being stoned, Lord, lay not this into their charge. You know what he was saying? Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. The Ethiopian eunuch, when he was coming back from Jerusalem, he had gone all the way from, look at it on the map, all the way from Ethiopia to, to Jerusalem in a chariot to come all the way back. He went for one reason. He went to worship the Lord. He just didn't know the Lord that he worshiped at the time. Pastor made a statement, some, something like this on Sunday. He said, uh, the more we do the work of the Lord, the more we need the Lord of the work. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Sometimes we need help from the Lord for us. You ever, you ever been there before you, where you need the help? Would you raise your hand with me? Okay. You ever been there where your family needed help? For 21 days, sit in the hospital, bed, uh, sit in the hospital room beside my dad. You know what my prayer was? Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. I remember one, one afternoon I was walking out. I said, Dad, is there anything I can do for you? And my dad looked at me and he said, Jeremy, he said, I need one thing. Would you just keep on keeping on? Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Ways you might need help as a college student. I just jotted them down. You may need help at work. Co-workers. Bosses sometimes. You ever need help with your school bill? <laughs> help, Lord. Some of you are praying right that right about that right now. I remember when I was dating. You ever need help in dating? Come on now. I remember many times, yeah, some of you right now, help, Lord. Okay, you also have to ask her out too, but let me move on, all right. But I remember going back to my room many a time and falling prostrate on my face before the Lord. Say, Lord, I don't know if she's the one. I don't know what you're doing. You know what I'd say? Help, Lord. She's probably praying the same thing. Help, Lord. The rules, you ever had a problem with the rule? And you know what? Rather than whining and complaining about the rules, just say, help, Lord. Not that it's going to change the rules, but it might change your heart, it may change your attitude. You ever pray because of you, you got a roommate that's this or that, a challenging situation, difficult situation? I'm sure no one's ever had a, had a difficult roommate. But you may want to just say, help, Lord. You ever had a challenging teacher? Don't look at me like that. You ever had a challenging teacher? You know what you need to say? Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Two questions. Number one, do you need help? Number two, are you willing to ask for help? You know, God's willing to help. Nothing's impossible for him. With God, all things are possible. Simple message this morning. 
But I wonder how many college students after a chapel message like that would say, help the Lord. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Would you, would you pray with me this morning? It's a good time to get on your knees, a good time to come forward. No pressure. Maybe you just need to, you got a burden you're carrying, you got a problem you got, you got a, you've got a situation that nobody else can help. God can help you. God can help you. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Father, I pray that you'd help us as we pray right now. I pray that you'd give us the help that we need in Jesus' name.